Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. This is a Vault Studios production. I'm Reed Redmond. I'm Will Johnson. The show contains graphic material and is meant for mature audiences. This week on True Crime Chronicles. I think that's the reality of covering cases like this, is there's just so many more layers once you get into it and start hearing things. He needed to be held accountable for what he did. He's the one who brutally murdered this woman. In November of 2019, Patrick Frazee's trial began in Teller County, Colorado. Frazee was facing life in prison for the murder of his wife, Kelsey Barrett, who'd vanished the previous November. Her body never discovered. Jennifer Meckles covered the trial for KUSA 9 News in Denver. Teller County is this very um, sparsely populated rural part of Colorado. It's about a two-hour drive from Denver, one and a half, two-hour drive from Denver. And we're not there very often, and you don't often hear really big cases come out of there. Um, So that, that was really fascinating, covering this story in just a totally different environment from Denver. Uh, The courthouse itself is this old historic building in an old town that is today just really a gambling town, Cripple Creek, Colorado. There's a number of casinos there, and that is that is like the big main stretch of their main street through town. And then there's this courthouse. So there was all this attention and all these reporters and media and some people from the public that were just really curious to see what was happening, focused on this small little town that otherwise would be pretty quiet or that people would be visiting, you know, almost as a tourism destination. But throughout the month of November 2019, the main attraction in Cripple Creek, Colorado, was the trial of the man who continued to proclaim his innocence, despite evidence that the prosecution planned to use against him, and despite the testimony of the Idaho nurse who'd made a plea agreement to testify against Frazee. Cameras were not allowed in the courtroom. The judge in this case had a lot of rules about how we could report in real time. No cameras allowed, no recording devices allowed. We were allowed to use technology to take notes, but I couldn't even in court email my newsroom with information that could be published in real time about what was happening. I couldn't tweet live from the courtroom. Everything had to wait until our breaks. It was so strict, these rules from the court, that at one point, the judge realized somebody in the courtroom was making sketches of people who were speaking and giving their testimony. We were not allowed to have a sketch artist in in court as members of the media. So when they learned there was this person in court taking sketches, stopped. The day stopped and that person got brought up and questioned about what they were doing. And even that was not allowed in the courtroom to make sketches of the people who were giving their testimony. Nine News reporter Jennifer Meckles was there as opening statements were made. The prosecution got to go first with their opening statements and they were selling a story to the jury and they called Patrick Frazee a master manipulator, a person who manipulated people around him and around Kelsey, trying to convince people that she was a bad mom. They said he tried to convince people that she was a bad mom and that she was a bad person and that they also that he also manipulated another woman that he was dating, a woman named Crystal Lee Kenny, to help him with this crime. Prosecutors say that Frazee killed Barrett with a baseball bat and burned her remains, and they said Crystal helped him clean up the crime and get rid of Kelsey's phone. 
Once the prosecution finished, then it was the defense's turn. And the defense spent a lot of time sowing the seeds of doubt, if you will. They compared the prosecution's case to a house, a house that might look really good from the outside, but did not have a good foundation when you inspected it further. They also spent a lot of time trying to talk about the credibility of that woman, Crystal Lee Kenny. Can she be believed or not? And again, sowing the seeds of doubt. And on that first day of the trial, following opening statements, the prosecution called Kelsey's mother, Cheryl Barreth, to the stand. So as I stepped out, we were hearing from Cheryl about those last few conversations, about the relationship that Kelsey and Patrick had, and talking a little bit about the struggle when Kelsey first came to Colorado to date him and dealing with finding a job and finding a place to live. Following a weekend break, Kelsey's mom would return to the stand on day two of the trial. Cheryl Barreth talked about her daughter meeting Patrick Frazee online and Kelsey moving here from out of state, Washington State, to Colorado to be with Patrick. Cheryl says it was hard for Kelsey to find regular work here as a pilot and a flight instructor, so she bounced between a couple of different jobs and living situations. Cheryl Barreth also talked about Kelsey's disappearance after Thanksgiving last year and how family members traveled to Colorado to try to find her. Instead, they said they found blood in Kelsey's home and what looked like surfaces that had been wiped clean. We also heard from Kelsey's brother, Clinton Barreth. He said he was the one that found some of Kelsey's blood in the bathroom. And then, as the trial progressed over those first weeks of November, Crystal Lee Kinney took the stand, as expected, under the conditions of her plea agreement. Crystal Lee took the stand this morning around 11 o'clock. She was the second person to testify today. And she began by telling the story of how she and Patrick first met. She was here in Colorado, though she wasn't from here, and she was working. And they met while she was here. She was out with some girlfriends, and they met one night. And she had described him as a pretty good dude, somebody she met, and that first night they danced. They started talking and they started a relationship, and that relationship was the first time you could say they were dating over the course of several years off and on. She described some of the uh, highs and the lows of that relationship, said that at times there were a lot of promises made but not promises kept. She eventually left. She got married. She lived out of state. She started a family. They rekindled again, though, later um, while she was still married but starting the process of a divorce from her husband. She described how hard that was as well. She had children out of state. She was trying to figure out what this relationship might look like with Patrick moving forward. And again, she, excuse me, even described at one point getting pregnant with Patrick. He did not want that, she said. She ended up getting divorced. Um, Excuse me, she ended up having an abortion. And she just described this like ongoing connect, reconnect, breakup. And over several, several years, She was very emotional on the stand. There were times she had to take a breath and breathe. And she said that she didn't know about Kelsey uh, Barreth and Patrick dating until many, many years later. Um, She said she didn't learn about that until she and Patrick had rekindled another time and they'd been dating for a while and she found out about that later. Looking back now, Jennifer Meckles believes Crystal's testimony filled in some blanks and painted a picture of a complicated on-again, off-again relationship that had gone on for years. It was difficult to sit in court to listen to Crystal testify, not just because the details were horrific and not just because she was so, so visibly upset, but also there's an element here of this story that I don't know if anyone had considered until trial where Patrick's relationship with Crystal was not a healthy one either. That was an on-again, off-again relationship that started years before Kelsey Barreth was part of Patrick's life. I am not an expert in mental health or domestic violence, but a lot of people were looking at this as a situation where Crystal had been in some ways manipulated and potentially brought into this fold of manipulation by Patrick and their relationship as well. And I think that has to be mentioned because this is not just a woman who, who in her description of the events was out to get Kelsey Barrett, but rather someone who is manipulated by a man into believing certain things about Kelsey Barrett 
and then pulled into his web where she felt her own life was in danger. Crystal talked about feeling like her own life, her children's life was in danger. And that is part of the motivation for why she felt like she had to do what she did. And as far as anyone could tell, Kelsey Barrett never knew about Crystal Lee Kinney. However, it was revealed that along the way, Kelsey came face to face with Crystal without ever knowing who she was. We don't know how much Kelsey and Patrick, you know, discussed prior relationships, but at one point, Crystal showed up at Kelsey's house. This was one of those solicitations, if you will, that Patrick was trying to get Crystal to murder Kelsey. And they had a conversation around, Patrick and Crystal had a conversation around, maybe you could poison a cup of coffee. And Crystal shows up at Kelsey's door with a cup of coffee, her favorite cup of coffee. I believe it was a caramel macchiato. And introduced herself and and had a very brief conversation, but it wasn't poisoned coffee. And Kelsey did not know who this person was at her door. Crystal described this interaction as more of a, I was just curious, who is this woman? What, what, what is the story behind this woman Patrick keeps telling me about? And Crystal talked about that in court. So that, that meeting that they had, it seemed as if Kelsey did not know Crystal. And Crystal was just trying to get a better read on Kelsey. Crystal continued her testimony for a second day, moving on from her relationship to Patrick, talking more about crime scene evidence. She walked the jury through photos and videos of various crime scenes. So for example, she pointed out with some pictures on a projector on the wall where she found blood inside Kelsey's home and how she cleaned it up. We saw in those pictures white marks from the cleaning products that she says she used on Kelsey's furniture. We watched body camera video of Crystal showing law enforcement around Patrick Frazee's property. This is in December after he's uh, about the time he's been arrested. They were showing her and she, um, excuse me, she was showing them where he allegedly burned Kelsey's body. That was December 21st, 2018, whenever that body camera video was taken. When prosecutors asked Crystal why she finally decided to tell the truth, Crystal answered in court today, I couldn't have lived with what I knew, and Kelsey's family deserves to know what happened. Prosecutors ended their line of questioning, and the defense moved in. The defense drilled into Crystal. If you felt Kelsey's family really deserved to know what happened, why didn't you say anything? They wanted to know why she never contacted law enforcement whenever she learned of Patrick Frazee's plans, why she didn't contact them afterwards. They wanted to know why she never told anybody, not even Kelsey, whenever they had an opportunity to meet face to face. They wanted to, they drilled her about why she lied to law enforcement when they first contacted her, and they spent a lot of time drilling Crystal Lee about that plea agreement that she took, agreeing to cooperate with investigators with a plea deal that means she could spend no time in jail. She could spend as much as three years, but she could also spend no time and just have probation. And throughout the trial, Jennifer Meckles says Patrick Frazee looked on from the defense table, showing little or no emotion. We didn't see much of a reaction at all from Patrick Frazee throughout the entire trial process. Most days, he sat there next to his attorneys, watching. He looked very engaged, listening at all times, but you never really saw him react in a strong way to the information he was hearing. And that includes some of the toughest days where we heard really, really difficult information um, about the violence around Kelsey Barrett's death and family would be reacting in court to some of those awful moments, and he was sitting there just looking like he was listening. Crystal's testimony ended, and a string of various experts took the stand. Today in the Kelsey Barrett case, we learned that a small piece of evidence found on his fiance's prop her fiancé's property is definitely part of a human tooth. That's according to a forensic anthropology expert who testified today. They found that tooth near the alleged burn site. More than 60 witnesses have taken the stand during eight days of trial so far, 
And that included a DNA expert today who said Kelsey's DNA matched blood found on her fireplace, a baby gate, pieces of furniture, and her living room floor. The next day, more detailed and clinical testimony. In court today, jurors were shown maps and cell phone data tracking all three individuals' phones, their locations, their communication during the week of the alleged crime. Prosecutors used this phone data to corroborate Crystal Lee's story. Nine News legal expert Scott Robinson explained at the time how the cell phone evidence and records were critical elements of the prosecution's case. There's no question but that in the 21st century, cell phone location information is one of the most damaging types of evidence that the prosecution can give because the science is there. If your cell phone is talking to a tower that's nearby, that is where you are, or at least where your cell phone is. The trial continued, and it was becoming clear that we'd never hear from Patrick Frazee himself or hear his side of the story. We never heard from him what the motive was, but the picture painted in court was that he wanted to get rid of her. And why that was the option, why that was the goal, we don't really understand. But it, it appears to be that somehow, some way, he wanted to get Kelsey Barrett out of his life. It's difficult because this is the mother of his child. And even the way he was sharing his relationship with Kelsey with other people in his life makes it seem like there was a couple different versions of what this relationship looked like. To hear from Kelsey's family that this was a relationship where they were talking about marriage and long term um, and how they were going to build a life together. But to hear it from Patrick's, some of his friends and family, this woman was in the way, not someone he wanted to be with. And even to hear from Crystal, the girlfriend, the off and on girlfriend from Idaho, Patrick portrayed Kelsey as an abusive mother, someone that was a danger to his daughter that he needed to get out of her life. Which we we learned in trial from from the testimony from law enforcement and other experts that that was not true. Those were lies. Those were untruths told about Kelsey. On November 18th of 2019, closing arguments were made in court. The prosecution started first, making their case that in her final days, Kelsey Barrett was a woman planning her future. At the same time, the man she loved, Patrick Frazee, was plotting to kill her. Frazee and Barrett were in a relationship and they had a child together. Prosecutors say Frazee beat Barrett with a baseball bat and then burned her remains. Much of their case relied on information from a key witness, Crystal Lee, a woman from Idaho who also dated Frazee and admitted to cleaning up the crime scene and helping Frazee burn evidence. During closing arguments, prosecutors worked hard to convince jurors to believe Crystal's story, that her testimony was backed up by phone data, surveillance images, and physical evidence at the crime scenes. The defense had the last word, doing their best to discredit Crystal Lee Kinney's testimony and the prosecutor version of events. They call the investigators timeline of the crime into question and list all the evidence that they feel was missing. As for all the statements Patrick Frazee made after Kelsey disappeared and that he had a hit list for witnesses from jail, Frazee's lawyers say that's not evidence of guilt. That's evidence that he freaked out and these are their words, acted like an idiot. The charge for jurors to consider, they've got a number of charges to consider here, and those include first-degree murder, solicitation for murder, and tampering with a deceased human body. On Friday, the judge has also allowed that they can consider lesser charges if they don't feel it quite meets murder one, and that includes second-degree murder and manslaughter. It didn't take long for the jury to reach a verdict. This is Tom Green in the Nine Newsroom. We interrupt your programming to tell you there is now a verdict in the Patrick Frazee murder trial, the jury returning a verdict of guilty on all counts. The two main counts, of course, being two counts of first-degree murder. 
This verdict coming 361 days, nearly a year to the day since Kelsey Barrett disappeared on November 22nd of last year. But my memory is even that the judge had, had, rec had when they sentenced him, that the judge even made a comment about like cold calculating, you didn't, you, you're not reacting to this. Even the prosecution had referenced at times at the end when we when we learned the, the conviction and the sentencing, the prosecution referenced cold no response. We never got to hear from him. We never heard him describe what happened. And that was really, it was kind of unsettling. The The most difficult, um, I don't know what the most difficult day in court was for Patrick Facey because we have never heard from him directly. But I will tell you the days that we heard testimony from Crystal Lee Kenny, the off and on girlfriend from Idaho, those were the days that it appeared as if he was most uncomfortable in the courtroom. Patrick Frazee was eventually sentenced to life behind bars without the possibility of parole. And two months later, Crystal Lee Kenny received her sentence, the final chapter in the case. Crystal Lee stood before the judge today, her loved ones, even members of the victim's family, and apologized through tears. The judge gave her the maximum sentence under her plea deal, three years plus one year parole. Patrick Frazee was convicted of killing Kelsey Barrett, his one-time fiance and the mother of his child. Crystal Lee said she helped him clean up the crime scene and destroy evidence. Prosecutors have called Frazee a master manipulator. Crystal testified that he manipulated her too, that he threatened her life and her children's lives, and that her actions were done in fear. Her attorney and her friends asked for leniency, describing her character as generous, helpful, and good. But family and friends of the victim, Kelsey Barrett, were also in court today they asked for the maximum sentence. Prosecutors originally called this plea deal with Crystal a deal with the devil. Today, they said it was worth it to convict Frazee. You know, the right person serving a life sentence right now, he's the one who actually can carry out the murder. Uh, what he did was horrific. And so, uh, do I think she should have gotten a lot more time? You betcha. Do I feel bad uh, every day that she only got three years today? You betcha. But in the end, uh, we needed to solve this case. He needed to be held accountable for what he did. He's the one who brutally murdered this woman. Uh, so yes, I guess you could say it was worth it, but at the same time, uh, Crystal Lee got off way too late. When Crystal was originally sentenced, she was given the maximum amount of time she could get under her plea deal, but it was only a three-year sentence, which multiple people have been so critical of the prosecution for the fact that she was only going to get a maximum three years in prison. Even the judge, when he sentenced her, referenced this. And that was a big frustration for people who felt like this woman should be serving so much more time for her actual involvement in this case, which admittedly, she admitted, went well beyond just moving a cell phone. Looking back now, Nine News reporter Jennifer Meckles is still struck by the role that Crystal Lee Kinney played in the murder of Kelsey Barrett. One of the strangest parts about this case was just how you feel sitting in a courtroom when you think you understand a person in this story, and then you are hearing the version of the story told from one person compared to the version of the story told from someone else. Crystal is a perfect example of that. To hear the prosecution tell it, this is a woman who was involved in this awful, awful crime, who had multiple opportunities to get law enforcement involved on the front end before it even happened when she could have called police about what was happening and what, what Patrick was telling her and asking her to do, could have called police when she drove all the way from her home 10, 12 hours away to Colorado to clean up this crime scene. And then even days after that happened, when she went back home and she still hadn't called anyone. 
um, to hear Crystal tell this story. She's a terrified woman who was involved in a very unhealthy manipulative, manipulative relationship and was scared to death for what Patrick could do to her own family and that she felt like she was in danger and made these decisions from that point of view. And it was hard to sit in court and figure out how you felt about this, that you could be horrified by the actions of someone, but also empathetic to their own fears and their own, uh, their own fears and the position that they found themselves in. And, and it was just really hard to reckon with those feelings of this is awful what happened, but her life had some really awful moments too. And I think that's the reality of covering cases like this is there's just so many more layers once you get into it and start hearing things. The other aspect of the case that sticks with her is how much we finally learned about Kelsey Barrett, a woman who many in the area only knew about through Patrick Frazee. She's not from Colorado. She had moved not terribly long before this happened. She'd only been in Colorado for a short amount of time. She had friends and coworkers who we did hear from in court, but a lot of people in that community only knew about Kelsey from what Patrick told them. And Patrick was telling people things that were just untrue, that Kelsey was an unfit mother, that Kelsey had substance abuse issues, that Kelsey was a dangerous person toward her little girl, that Kelsey was not someone he was in a, in a relationship with, but just kind of a former, a former person in his life. But over the course of the trial and afterwards, those who were close to Kelsey Barrett were given a voice and an opportunity to share the memories they have. We heard from her coworkers and just about this wonderful, wonderful person she was, that she was so kind and gentle, that she was an incredible mother, that she was teaching people in the Air Force how to fly. And she was making this long drive every day with dealing with childcare and just burning the candle at both ends. And she was a woman of faith. She was so kind. People at work loved her. What a totally different story than what Patrick was telling people. That was really jarring to hear in court, too, the difference in perception of people in this community based on who they knew that was connected to this case. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. For True Crime Chronicles, I'm Reed Redman, joining Will Johnson to talk a little bit more about this case. Will, this has been a two-part story, and at the end of it all, I'm, I'm glad that you ended on the note that you did about how after you know all these lies were spread about Kelsey Barrett, we've been able to learn quite a bit about who she was, this, this caring mother who did nothing to deserve this. And I think that that's good that that's not getting lost in all of this. Yeah, I mean, and that came out from the family and her friends over time. And certainly in the courtroom, and the public wasn't allowed you know, in that courtroom, there weren't cameras, but a reporter like Jennifer Meckles, who was there for much of the trial, was able to talk about a lot of the testimony and give some insight into the kind of person that, that she was. Something else that that I didn't realize until you pointed it out to me actually is that this was all playing out not long after the Christopher Watts case, which was also in Colorado, right? Right. Uh, a few months after the Christopher Watts, the, those murders took place where in fact Christopher Watts later admitted to murdering his wife and two children. He's been sentenced to life in prison behind bars in that case 
And so when this happened just a few months later, there was a, a heightened awareness, according to Jennifer Meckles, of domestic violence, perhaps, and also, you know, just the idea of women going missing. There was a real spotlight on Colorado, and these two cases sort of came back to back. One other detail I wanted to ask you about that, that we haven't talked about yet is that Kelsey Barrett was apparently helping Patrick Frazee get medicine for some medical issues that he was dealing with. Can you talk about that a little bit? It's an interesting side note that uh, Patrick Frazee, in fact, had some GI issues and it was known through the trial. In fact, they had to take a break at one point for a, for a period of time uh, during one day of testimony uh, because he was having some issues. And Jennifer mentioned that it, it, it came out that the night before she went missing, Kelsey Barrett was, in fact, out finding medicine for Patrick Frazee uh, to help with some of these health issues. So I think, if anything, it just speaks to the type of person she was helping him up until the end and then maybe some insight into their relationship that was still, you know, a, a real relationship or, or at least had, had some aspects of a real relationship. We also heard some of the reactions, including the prosecutor's reactions to Crystal Lee Kenny ultimately only ending up with a three-year sentence. Where does that stand? Is she still behind bars right now? Uh, she is, in fact, not behind bars. And she was resentenced eventually to just 18 months. So her sentence was lowered. Uh, they found that the aggravated circumstances that resulted in that three-year sentence uh, didn't apply in the case. So she was resentenced to 18 months. And then uh, my understanding is shortly or right around that same time, she was released on parole. So she is uh, out. Patrick Frazee, of course, spending his life behind bars. But Crystal Lee Kenny is out and free uh, to live her life. All right, Will, thank you for bringing us these episodes. And thanks as well to Jennifer Meckles at Nine News in Denver. You bet. And be sure to check out our Facebook group if you haven't already inside the Crime Vault. We'll be back next week with a new case and a new story.